When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. But that has been my toughest learning lesson. And I probably burnt a few people I could have still been friends with. Mm. Hello and welcome slash welcome back to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Gathugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is centered on having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. On mini episodes, I will be solo and talk about different topics of my own miseducation. On full episodes, I'll be inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast is not here to provide you with the answers, but perspective. It aims to make you laugh, think, and hopefully spark conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. In this episode, I am joined by my friend Esther as we discuss all things friendship. We talk about loyalty, confrontations with friends while balancing life responsibilities, the importance of communication, am I a villain or a victim? And can you stay friends with your exes? There's a lot, I know. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, okay, of course. We are back for another episode and of course I have to invite my beautiful longtime friend and also <laughs> one of my favorite and number one fan listeners, Miss Esther Githu. How are you doing today, baby girl? Not too bad. We have we have wine and we're mm-hmm. sat and we're comfortable. We're good. We're and happy. we've both eaten, so we're good. We have both eaten. <laughs> I like how before we were we actually like started, you were eating, I was eating, and we we're just talking. Yeah. The, the we, were supposed, slap, we, we were supposed to start this at seven. It is nearly eight. <laughs> I don't know why I was surprised. <laughs> Kenyan timing. Like honestly, True. the fact that we were both on this call for just after seven is actually the true chest. That, that's really the true. Yeah. It really does say a lot because yeah, because even when, when you came last time and we, what's it called, we were meeting and then you were like, I'm going to be late. And I was like, girl, let me just go sit down. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. To be fair, I was actually like, what, five, five or ten minutes? Yeah. I think so it's because I, 
yeah I was just early because I was already in town so I was just kind of like I'm just gonna go sit down rather than walk around and it was hot that day so hot it was so hot but honest I've been really trying to be a more punctual human being old me honestly 45 minutes standard 30 minutes standard the fact that it was like like 5 10 I was really trying to respect people's time I'm trying I I want to say that like I want to respect people's time I uh, (laughs) this is the thing when it comes to like being on time for things I am not trying to purposely disrespect other people and their time I greatly respect your time. My anxiety won't let me be on time. The social aspect of like having to talk to people or like sometimes even when I come to work early and nobody else is in the office and the alarm is still set. Like I, the anxiety, I just can't deal with it. I just can't deal with it. I feel like worth work. I'm either really early or I'm like bang on exactly on time Mm. but so like I also feel like it's like childhood trauma of like if you if a Canadian event says two and you're there at two joke is on you because joke's on you is there at two (laughs) like you the food ain't there (laughs) nobody's there nothing is set nothing is ready Mm -hmm. now so like and then like some of my friends if I got there on time I would be I would be sat there for half an hour Mm. like so I had to learn to be late to just go with the flow Mm -hmm. and then now you know people's cultures are different Mm -hmm. dating a Caucasian man is very stressful (laughs) because he is always telling me what a big disrespect it is and that it's a big slap on the face and all of this and his family are like so you need to be there somewhere for like two they're ready to leave at half one. Like, if his dad's picking us up to go somewhere, he's at our flat. Like, he knocks on the door at, like, one forty-five, But he's been outside. Like, we can see him sat in his car at, like, half one. So, like, that is stressful. So if I do anything with them, the second I wake up, I don't care if it's 2 o'clock, 6 o'clock plans, whatever. I wake up in the morning, I shower, and I get ready right away. So mm. then I'm always just, like, ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he saw my family when they came in June. It was the most stressful time for him. He was so stressed. He was like, I actually just had to learn to like relinquish control because I I was like dying. <laughs> we got to my graduation just on time. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, we don't do this whole on time thing. It's very at your own pace. Enjoy. Yeah. Leisurely. Um <laughs> I'm never gonna be on time for things I'm so sorry I just won't it's just me I just I'm sorry I'm not trying to be disrespectful um but as I said before we have been friends for a long time literally we're from the same background went to the same secondary school same church literally our parents know each other so we're in the same community live in the same area so it's like we have known each other for a very long time and yeah, like children. Like before Literally Angel children. was born. Yeah. Like you were around Angel was born. Yeah. That's like 2000. That's like before 2007 then. I remember when your mum found out that she was pregnant with Angel. Like yeah. I remember being told, oh yeah, Esther's mum's having a baby. 
and everybody could not understand it because for the love of god we were eight or nine years old (laughs) (laughs) i think it's also because like the way that your family has been known is like the one with the twins like the boy and the girl yeah Yeah. so like that's how your family was known and then angel was like um excuse me (laughs) hi i have arrived that's definitely her vibe as well she was very like I'm here I love that for her especially younger sibling the younger sibling energy I love it I love it I'm here for it but yeah like we've we've known each other and we've been in each other's lives for so long and it it's like what we were talking about before because um context to this conversation we we met up and you now live in Scotland and I still live in Coventry. And it had been a very long time since we had seen each other just because of the distance between, you literally live in another country. Um, so it's like, I'm here, you're there. And we were just talking about how our friendship had changed, especially going into adulthood, because it's the ghetto. The ghetto. It's the ghetto. It's the ghetto over here. And so I was like, we need to do a podcast episode about this because I don't think people talk about adult friendships enough, especially the transition that we've gone through from being friends and literally constantly seeing each other to now it being like, I can maybe schedule you in in like six months, six months. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like you also lived in a different country at one point as well, which really (laughs) didn't help. So (laughs) it was like. Like, at least now it's a little easier to navigate because I'm like, okay, I'll come see, like, you know, I'm coming back to see my family. You're like, you know, I can quickly, like, we can go out for a quick drink, mm-hmm. cup of tea, like, we can go do something or you could just come over or I can come over to you. Mm-hmm. But like before it was like, okay, so when are you flying back? Oh, no, no, I won't be flying back until this day. No, like, and that was like a different element. And then also the Scottish school system, very different. Mm. So everybody's like relaxed before Christmas like y'all are all chilling you're like yeah I'll study over Christmas break my exams were before Christmas break mm. then I would be home and I would be relaxed as fuck like mm. just relaxed and you would all be like I have an exam on like, I have the an 14th exam of January, and, yeah like, so manic and I'm like because obviously Ben went to university in Liverpool so I was very aware how like different it was and like- also I start uni my semester always started in September mm-hmm. like first week of September mm-hmm. so you've all got like another month of summer left I'm I've got I've got to go back mm-hmm. then you have like exams and like everything was just it was hard and I feel like it maybe set, up a, set us all up a little bit well for like adulting so like jobs and different job schedules like mm-hmm. we were all maybe like a little bit used to that but it has been different for a while mm-hmm. and the thing is is that I think that I think I was thinking about it and I feel like even with what I've said it kind of makes it seem like you know having these friendships with people is difficult because of distance but I don't necessarily think that's the case I just think it's like the way life is and the way life goes it's very it's harder to maintain I don't know the word for it no, it is because like I used to get such bad FOMO, like such bad FOMO when like there'd be periods of the summer where everybody was still in commentary or most probably it's like during the pandemic, like as things were easing and people could socialize a bit more. Mm-hmm. 
and I would just be like oh my god like all my friends are in the same place and I'm like over here like everybody see each other every weekend blah, blah. and I remember finally speaking to one of my friends about it and they were like what the hell are you talking about I haven't seen it for a month mm. like, like yeah but you're both in Coventry they're like yeah but we've got things we've got life we've got family we've got work like it's hard to get our schedules together and that's when I realized that it isn't just about distance it is just life and balancing things and mm. like we all go through like us like we're all we're all in the same bracket of life mm. but it's so different for everybody mm-hmm. and everybody's responsibilities are different everybody's time is different it's just like it's really tricky and I do not feel like enough people talk about it mm. And like, because then you feel really like isolated and you think you're the only person mm. that's struggling and it just comes so easy to everybody else. Mm. But in this last year, speaking to people, I've been like, no, we're all, it's, yeah, it's a ghetto for everybody. Because, yeah, I remember that, like, we went back and forth and we were doing voice notes of like, how do we, how am I supposed to have a job, a social life, go to the gym, read a book, <laughs> take care of myself, feed myself, shower myself and then also like do all this other things like how am I supposed to do all this different stuff and still be a functioning human at the end of the day it's impossible yeah I I like yeah I remember because I was out with the dog and I was like how do people do all of this I just I can't and then like how do you like add in family and then dating and then colleagues and then old friends new friends sleep like alone time Mm. you know like therapy big advocate like how do you there's just not I know what Molly May said but honestly that like I there's not enough time there's just not (laughs) I don't know what 24 hours she was on because girl no her and Beyonce the same one but I'm not Oh, but I was going to ask, I was going to say, how do you, like, uh, this might actually be a very stupid question, but like, how do you balance everything that you have Poorly. going on? Poorly. I mm. do a bad job at it. Mm. I I haven't quite figured it out because I do like long stretches of being very pre- like present for everybody of trying to do everything. And either I'm doing everything but kind of poorly Mm. or I'm doing everything and I'm doing everything well. And then I literally have some sort of like mini breakdown where like I'm in bed and I'm crying and like, I'm so bad at everything and I'm so tired. So like, I, I don't know what the balance is because I've definitely, I am not there. Like having a job, having a long-term partner, having a dog, like a dog, obviously she's double the workload having my family who are like really far away and I do think like Kenyan parents have a bit of a why haven't you called me oh Is definitely it calling you yeah phone works both ways mm. but that does not fly and then like you know because I'm so far away if I give all of my energy she's so loud if I give all of my energy to my home friends who obviously deserve it because honestly at the end of the day if shit really hit the fan if my world was falling apart the people that I have in Coventry are, are gonna be the people I call first they're gonna be the people I'm gonna have a big breakdown I'm gonna have like I'm gonna cry I'm gonna like really bear my heart mm. and so you want to like you want to give energy and time to that because you also don't want to be the person that is only around 
for heavy conversation like your friends want to have fun with you as well mm-hmm. but then I obviously need to do things in person mm. and in-person friendships and then trying to like create new friendships here and then like I do think new friendships require so much attention mm. like if I cancel on you three times you know that like oh life is really getting her Mm -hmm. i'll see you later i love you you love me we're all good but when you do that in a new friendship it just looks like you don't you don't care Mm. it looks like you don't really give anything about them and like you don't really want to be there and it's by force so you have to like give a little bit more and like it is hard it is just hard and i don't do it all well something Mm. slips or i just i feel bad like i think right now i put making new friends to the back Mm. And a lot of family time, my family came here. I went to go see them. My family's been calling me a lot more. It's been great. We're kiki. It's funny. We're like all like, you know, learning each other on another level. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's great. But then I have my job. My job's going through a very demanding time right now. It just is a season. My sister's at that age where like she and my mom like my mom could say the sky is blue and she's going to say no for the sake of no Mm. and so then I have to go in and go no but come on Mm -hmm. and so I need to be a little bit more present for her I love it but I'm trying like today actually funny because I knew that we're going to talk about this I tried to give a little bit more energy to new friendships again and I was tired I took a nap I was like this is hard (laughs) yeah it's hard because like it's almost like I think it's really like compromising on different areas of your life and just like kind of waiting for whether or not that compromise is going to be taken well because the thing is is that like sometimes you just feel so bad telling a friend being like I'm sorry I cannot prioritize this like I cannot be present enough for you right now and all you can do is just hope that they understand it's just hope that not even just a friend but whatever it is like if it's you know I think a lot of the time when it comes to jobs in a career you can't really compromise too much when it comes to that because capitalism be on your ass real quick so but I think like there are there's certain like a push and pull and like a a compromise that needs to be had and I think I agree with what you said, like when it comes to new friendships and new relationships in your life, you have to tend to them more because they're so new and you don't really know each other yet. And you're just trying to like test the waters and be like, okay, are you going to be understanding? Like, what is it that you- you're still trying to figure out what the other person needs from you and how they like to be loved and how they like to be cared for and what they are looking for in a friendship or in a relationship if you're in a more romantic one and it's the same with your with your parents and with like family as you grow up it's like what do you what does this relationship now look like I think in all I know we're talking about friendships but I think in all different areas of your life the way your relationships change from childhood to adulthood is so I don't think anybody can prepare you for that no I don't think so either like even the way your parents have to parent you now mm-hmm. like it's very different like you can say that you're friends with your parents all you want and you really can be 
I guess. But at the end of the day, they they will still parent you when and if they feel that it's needed, you know? Mm. But they can't do it in the same way as when you're a child. It just doesn't work like that way. Even the way that you prioritize and show how much you prioritize romantic relationships also change. I feel like when you're a teenager, it's like, oh my God, a boy likes me, a girl likes me, they're my everything. If you don't like them, like, and it's like, yes, of course, yes, of course. And you just, you cannot function with that mentality as an adult for very long obviously there's like the honeymoon phases of the first stages and it's like they're all you want and you can't talk about anything else and you can't be anywhere else and like whatever Mm. I'm not super sure that I that's the way I am but Mm. I do get that you just tend to give a lot more energy and then you've got to maneuver that and like even romantic relationship have like it has their stages Mm. where you eventually move from like the intensity to just like companionship Mm. and I think it's the same way in friendships, like the new stage where, do you want to go do this? Yes. Do you want to go do this? Yes. Okay. I'll go try this thing with you. If you could try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so mm-hmm. eventually like, I don't want to do that. Go and ask your other friend. Like, mm-hmm. but I will see you next time. Like mm-hmm. it, it's also transitional and it's very different. I feel like for me, as a teenager to an adult, because I was thinking about this today, mm-hmm. my biggest thing that I've had to like really come to terms with and change is friendship arguments or clashes talk about it I feel like when I was younger if if someone who I was like friends with said that they didn't like something I did Mm -hmm. or that they were really like pissed off at me or they I would go well then you never liked me anyway like I would just be like no Mm -hmm. we're done like mm-hmm. I'm such a bridge burner is like not as much but I really was a bridge burner and I just couldn't I don't know what where I got my definition of friendship from or like where I got my perception of it I think maybe it was from talking to people who were a lot older and like this idea of like loyalty and my brain just being too young to understand that loyalty is not void of criticisms it's not void of conflict mm. and I did not understand that so to me if you were critiquing me if we were falling out then we were not friends like you've never liked me mm. we were never really like we weren't boys like that yeah and good riddance mm. now you can say Esther when you do this it pisses me off and I'll be like oh shit okay let's talk about it I'm not mm. necessarily gonna overcorrect and go oh my god I'll change everything about myself but we're going to have a conversation and I know at the end of the day, you still like me. We still, we're still boys like, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But that has been my toughest learning lesson. And I probably burnt a few people I could have still been friends with. Mm. If you Hopefully. hadn't perceived it if as. Had, yeah. How did you learn that lesson? How did you slowly start to unlearn? Hey, they are not like, it's, it's not um them. It's constructive criticism. It is not like a a complete viewpoint of who you are. It's not black and white. Honestly, this sounds a bit, it's a bit intense, but I really got burned. And that's when I knew everything that happened before was a, I love you and as my friend. This right here, this is a, I, this person never had, like, it was a really big intense issue mm-hmm. and when I went through that I was like oh 
I thought everything else was this. No, mm. no, no. This is that. Yeah. And then I had to like, honestly, I think I shut down for a really long time and I just didn't, I wasn't really particularly interested in um, friendships that were very like vulnerable. Mm. And I also think I wasn't vulnerable to the rest of my friends either. I was. It was like a good year of my life following from that where I just really like wasn't really myself and Mm. I was really like I'm never gonna be vulnerable again and that that seeps into you know your dating life your everything else and I I really was like like Mm. guarded Mm. but I also think the thing about me because I'm I can be very extroverted and I can be very like jerky laughy whatever I can read a room is that I know how to say things that seem vulnerable but aren't so people still think that they're getting that from me. Mm. And that's why I survived that year. Mm. Just pretending that everything just, was okay. Yeah, I was like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then obviously you can't always say it's fine. And I'd say something like, like, uni is so stressful. And like, I'm really, really aggy about this exam. But like, on the inside, I'm like, no, you'll be fine. Like, I yeah. was stressed. But it, the way I was presenting it wasn't necessarily the way I was actually experiencing it. And it was just to give someone like something like, you know, because like people can only be vulnerable to you so often without getting some vulnerability back. Mm. And so I was just like, oh, here it is. Here's, mm. here's a present. And then let's just get off. Because it was easier than like talking about it. Mm. Would you say that that was like a, like a, a, obviously it was a huge moment of your life, but would you say that, would you define that moment that happened between in that relationship, like a, like a friendship breakup or? Yeah, I feel like it's maybe, like, the closest, if not a friendship breakup, the closest I've ever got. Like, I I was just treated really badly. And I, no, nobody really, not only was I treated badly by a set, like, number of people, the people around witnessing the situation did not come to my defense, did not tell me they were wrong, did not try and, like, comfort me or show any compassion towards me or empathy towards me Mm. so it it was like very compounded and so I think that like that it was a very it was a monumentous point in my life for Mm. sure and like I could you could class it as a friendship breakup because I have never befriended anybody since then like Mm. and honestly I will say I mean too little too late but a year and two years later they have all come back and said, I'm sorry for my part. I'm sorry for doing this to you. And I shouldn't have done that to you versus I'm sorry for the part I played. And I think, and it's, it's not really their fault because I never said anything. I just disappeared. Mm. Um, I don't know if they're so aware how marking that was in my life. So mm. I've never replied to a message because I feel like it's that thing, like when it comes and you're like, and then you think, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and write this fucking book. So yeah. I'm just not going to do it at all. Yeah. Um, and I just left it. That's the only friendship breakup I've ever had. Mm. But I did just disappear. We didn't have it out. We didn't anything. If I saw them again, I would smile and I would keep walking. I wouldn't have a conversation, but I would smile. Mm. And so, hold on. I'm going to backtrack just a little bit, just because I kind of want to open this part a little bit more and just kind of understand more about like other expectations that you had 
when it came to friendship because there was this kind of like undivided you will not question any of my actions loyalty and now it's like a you've now re unlearned that and relearned it as actually yes you can you can criticize me as long as it's constructive and you learned that from such a horrible experience in which of basically just a person just kind of would would bullying be a, a correct word or is that too just like really like not liking something I did to the mm-hmm. point that it they decided who I was mm-hmm. like it wasn't like in the past where it was like no you did this and it wasn't very nice it was you've done this therefore you're this person and you're terrible and you suck and mm-hmm. da, 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 and like really berating it yeah and- it was berating your character yeah and not just telling me how they perceive me because I think that's one thing mm-hmm. but trying to tell me who I was but not just like say to me but like try and get me to believe it and trying to get me to understand that now I am that person like I am this horrible person I I, I do you know I'm just all these horrible things now mm-hmm. and so because I obviously used to see what was happening before as that Mm-hmm. And then I really went through it and I was like, oh, no, she was just trying to tell me that she didn't like it when I did that. Mm-hmm. But she still loved me and she was my friend. Yeah. This is someone telling me that now I've done something that I don't agree with. I'm a horrible, horrible person. Mm-hmm. And I deserve whatever came of it. So very different. And I, But I do think a lot of my toxic perceptions of friendship were hinged on loyalty. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't friends with them, you couldn't be. Mm-hmm if you're my friend, then you're going to agree to everything I do and it's going to be okay. Mm. If you're my friend, I have some sort of onus of your, like I've got ownership over your time. Mm. Like why would you not come and do da da da? And then also, because one thing about me is I'll be fair. I was willing to give that. So then I really couldn't understand what the problem was because I was like, well, I'm doing it. I'm giving you this. Mm. So it's fair for me to ask. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, I'm asking this of you. And I don't like that you're asking that of me. Mm. <laughs> like, and now I'm an adult. I like, I realize, oh, that was, I don't know where the hell that came from, but that was not it. <laughs> That's so interesting. You know why I find this interesting? Because I feel like I also have the same, like I also have, I am working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I also feel like I have the same thing where it's like, if I'm willing to do it, surely you also have to do it too. I remember being like really upset and telling my therapist and be like, I am willing to do these things for these other people and they are not willing to do the same for me. Why? Why? I'm such a good person and they're not. Yeah. I'm such a good friend and they're not. And my therapist was like, um, Sarah, I know you're their friend or whatever, but like they don't owe you anything. Like, no offense, but like they don't owe you shit. And I was like, I literally, I remember screaming at her. I was screaming at her because I was like, I am willing to do it. So they should also do it too. And I think in the, what's it called? In the recent months, like it pains me to say because I'm, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, mysterious and mystique and all that different stuff and just kind of like make it seem like it's very hard. I am also a people pleaser in recovery and I also say it all the time. But I think the perception that I had of, like a friendship and this like undivided loyalty and like if I do it you have to reciprocate was kind of like me realizing that that ideology is like me just trying to control other people 
my therapist told me the same thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was yelling at her and I remember it so clearly. Literally, it's, it's giving me flashbacks so I was at the same desk. <laughs> and I was like, ah, no, but I did this. When they, and I was there and they said that it was fine. They didn't need X, Y, but you know what I did? I did it. Mm-hmm. And I went off and she was like, first of all, you cannot, like, if someone says I calm and then you do a bit more, that's on you. Mm. Second of all, you cannot hold people accountable to your standards, to Ooh. your actions. Like, you, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. You, you have to, like, express your expectations. This is my other thing as well. I'm really bad at holding people accountable to unspoken expectations mm. because I live by those expectations. Mm-hmm. So again, it comes back to like, because I do it, I don't understand why you won't. You can't. Yeah, and you won't. And it's like, and she was like, is it that they won't? Or is it because they don't know that they should? And I was like, oh. Oh. Ooh. Okay. And, uh, oh. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to bed. So uh, good night. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a, an, an entitlement. Yeah. Where you're yeah. like, you said that. I am entitled you will do as I do. That is the unspoken contract that you signed yeah. when you came into my life and you said you were going to be my friend. A hundred percent. I'm such a controlling person as well. So like, I, just because I find peace in it, like it's not that I want someone to particularly live life the way that I live life because I never want you to have other friends or anything. It's not controlling in that way at all. Mm-hmm. It's more like I just find peace and knowing how everything is gonna go so like are we the same person we could be we could be it really (laughs) just calls me right now like (laughs) and like this is also why I feel like I it's on a different vein but kind of where I get trust issues because I can like someone no no one's ever cheated on me no one's actually hurt me like that I don't know like I know where they come from now thank you therapy but it's definitely from a I know in my brain, I know how I think. Mm. So if I go out and do da-da, if I'm sat in a conversation with another friend that maybe we have mutual, you should never have to worry if I'm going to like say your business that you don't really want them to know. Because mm. I know in my brain, I do not move like that. I would never, will never, have never. Mm. But I, like when you, you're going to go off and meet them and I'm not really like, Ooh. now I'm thinking you're telling them everything about me. Mm. And I have no reason to think that, but it's because I am not in your head. I can't control the way you think, the way you behave outside of me. And now I have anxiety. Mm. The best way to resolve that anxiety is to tell you that you can't be friends with them no more. Done. <laughs> your undivided loyalty, please. Thank Sign you. on the dotted line. Please read through the contracts and get back to me when you have signed. And we will convince our friendship from it. there. Don't even read it. Just sign it and tell me we're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I completely, I understand exactly your your thought process and where you are coming from. I think saying it out loud makes us seem like Crazy. there is something wrong, very, very wrong with us. But like, I understand where you're coming from. I think that one of the hardest lessons that I'm still learning to this day, I think I even watched a an Instagram reel like yesterday about it as well and I was like damn I did not need to be read like this 
um is just kind of learning that like I think especially because I was like I'm so willing to do these things for other people I'm such a good person I'm such a good friend um why are they not doing the same back for me is learning that just because you are do like just because you're doing a kind thing or a good thing or a nice I actually wouldn't even use the word kind because I feel like kind is more genuine I was very good at being a nice person I was very good at being a nice friend it was very performative because I was expecting it to come back or I was expecting to to at least be perceived as a nice good person and the fact that I wasn't getting or not always getting nice or good things coming back to me I was I was confused because I was like I'm such a good person I'm such a nice person such a nice friend I'm such a you know, I was such a, like, I'll even, like, I'll even go as far as be like, I was a good girlfriend. I was a nice girlfriend. Why am I now feeling and experiencing all this bad stuff? And then it was kind of, this is something, this is another thing that my therapist always used to say to me all the time. She was like, who told you life was fair? Who told you life was fair? Who who told you that you deserved those good things just because you were quote unquote a good person a nice person what (laughs) who needs to hear that (laughs) life is not hard enough (laughs) but it's true it's one of those things that like I really had to like grapple with because it was it started making me reassess what it meant to be a good person what it meant to be a good friend and also questioning whether the things that I did do I do them for the intention of I'm going to receive something good back? Like, okay. am I am I only doing this because I'm trying to be good or I'm trying to get something good back? Or am I not genuinely doing this from a sincere place in my heart? And a lot of the time, I ain't gonna lie. I was doing it because I was like, it's gonna come back to me. It will come back to me. It's such a hard thing to navigate though, because how, on the flip side, you find yourself in a dynamic where you're giving, giving, giving for the sake of just being yourself and like seeing these good deeds as good and just like seeing that someone needs this or could benefit from it. And you're just giving, you're giving, you're giving. At what point do you get to kind of go, no, Mm. I deserve something back because this is one way. That's what I find really difficult. I've not really considered it in um, like platonic friendships because honestly, I've, it's not necessarily something I've had to like really grapple with in my platonic friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, not not much anyway. Romantically, it is something I'm very aware of. Mm-hmm. And I have a very difficult time with like maneuvering that space of like, no, but I did this, so you need to do it now. Because mm-hmm. it also looks like score counting or whatever. Mm. which is also not great I don't really know how you maneuver that but I know like you hear a lot about one-sided friendships Mm -hmm. and I like that's my fear is becoming that person that there's so many things that I just see as something that you should do that's kind that's generous like if you see someone in need you should just do it even if it's your friend they're like oh my god like or your flatmate you know like the dishes are piling up it's their turn you go off and do it because you're having a free night they actually have an assignment during the next day Mm -hmm. like but then now you have an assignment due the next day and it was doing your dishes and Mm -hmm. that is okay like Mm -hmm. I've had to come to learn that you know not everybody shows their willingness to help you and to ease your life the same way but then at what point do you know that someone is also willing to do things for you and to Mm -hmm. help you 
and to come to your service. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it it's I, I completely agree because I find it hard to, to navigate of yes I am still trying to like now it's like a what am I saying now that I've realized that what I was doing before and how I was acting before was only for my own benefit and now I'm doing it trying to do it more out of a kindness of of my own heart and actually doing it because I want to do it, not because I believe I have to do it to be perceived as nice or good. Now that I'm doing these things, when do I stop so that I'm not actually exploited and taken advantage of by another person? Whether it's in a friendship, whether it's in a, a, a relationship, a romantic relationship, or even the relationship with your family. Like how, when do I stop so that I am not exploited? And I truly, I don't have an answer. I am also in the same boat as you were. I don't I don't yet know. I don't I've not yet found that balance. Because I still and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I still find myself in not necessarily Yeah, I would even even say in like my dating life as well, where it's almost like my my time, my energy and my character is still being tried. I don't I wouldn't go as far as being like exploited. But like people be trying me, yeah. Just because I don't know, they have a perception of of this nice, kind person that they continue to use, and it's hard to navigate that, especially when you're like, "But I don't want to lose this friendship, or I don't want to lose this this opportunity, or I don't want to lose this familial relationship and stuff like that," and even. Like people talk about like, have you communicated though? And like communication is hard, man. Talking is hard. We could be talking the same language. It's hard. It's still hard to bring issues to the table. I think, I don't know. I think sometimes like it, growing up in like the community and in the religious background that we grew up in, it was never really, like we were never really taught to advocate for ourselves and be like hey what you did was really hurtful and no it's selfish you take it to god you pray yeah. about it mm-hmm. and or like you know you just gotta get over it because so and so has got so and so and that's that and like we it, it was a very like out of our control kind of thing like you know people talk about implementing boundaries all the time it's like sorry I'm a 20 something year old adult hearing these tones for the first time in my life my mom's in her 50s and I'm telling her these tones for the first time in her life like Mm. this is not something that we just have ever really grown up around Mm. and like communication is really hard one thing about me I could talk all day I talk all day for my job so I literally talk all day for my job yeah and you know, in like emails and messages and phone calls, I'm, I find it really difficult to have effective communication vulnerably. Like once we enter a vulnerable space and it doesn't necessarily need to be like, you know, when I was a child, I had this trauma. Sometimes it's just, you did this to hurt my feelings. Mm. And like, that's vulnerable enough for me. And once we step into that space, I'm a horrible communicator mm-hmm. and a horrible listener. Like, I'm not going to talk very well and I'm not going to take on anything you're saying very well. Like mm-hmm. it's just going to be bad. And cause I'm so controlling. I've had this conversation in my head. There's five ways this can go. If you add a number six, I'm shutting down because I was not prepared. Yeah. It's true. It's true because 
you weren't we revert back to our training yeah we revert back to our training so like when the uncomfortable feelings and emotions and situations arise we revert back to our coping mechanisms the ones that kind of soften the blow that help us just to just to get through because that's all we want is just to simply just get through it rather than necessarily getting to the root of the problem we we instead we're just like no let's just cover it with a blanket that's fine we could don't need to look at it and I think you know what really is annoying me what is actually pissing me off that that phrase that I just said there the root of the problem have you seen roots not the tv yeah. show or the, like have you actually got into a plan yeah. uh, yeah. and seen the roots do you know how deep they grow like for yeah. a true a little tree outside it looks nothing looks like nothing okay not a tree a little I plant outside yeah like when like fruits grow it's like this little like pebble-esque thing and then the roots are like all the way down there are so long there's hundreds of them you don't want to get them twisted or everything dies and it's something else there yeah. is I think there is so much hap- so much happens beneath the surface and I feel like we don't want to rock the boat and all that different stuff. I mean, we both did psychology. I mean, you did at university. Honestly, so. I was going to say, okay, Freud, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's so much like beneath the surface. And I think kind of like bringing it back to like friendships in adulthood. I think it's really hard when there's so much going on under the surface and you have so much going on in your day-to-day life to then want to bring it up to somebody and be like, hey... So this is an ongoing rooted problem that we need to sort out in our relationship with each other, romantic, platonic, familial, or otherwise, or even in a work relationship. There's so much going on right now. We need to get to the root of the problem. But also I have drinks with my girls at eight. So we need to be finished by then. I want to be in bed by 10 and I've got a 10 step uh, step skincare routine. And also tomorrow I was hoping to go to that spin class at 6 a.m. So like, let's not make this too emotionally stressful for the both of us. And oh shit, did I take out the bin? Are the bin men coming tomorrow? Like there's so much that you have to think about. And then all of a sudden you have to have this deep conversation with this person. Yeah. You you kind of want to just put yourself. Yeah. You want to put yourself on autopilot and not talk. Yeah. And just through life. It is really tricky. So like, have you ever, have you ever, so like you talking about so much stuff happening subconsciously. I think there's a bunch of stuff that happens like, within your conscious that you're somewhat aware is part of your personality trait, part, part of like your trauma responses, part of, you know, things that you need to heal in yourself, whatever. And then there's the stuff that you don't even know where that's come from. Like mm. you don't, you don't know. Let me tell you something, the worst situation. And I, I have not yet discovered how to maneuver these like respectfully as an adult if you're told like someone's hurt your feelings right okay let's just say like between me and you yeah okay I'm like I'm ready I've done the three days of thinking I've tried to plan everything now I know how everyone's gonna I have waited for the perfect time but things in your world have calmed down as well because I'm not gonna come to you when you're telling me that you know things are sad and things are going on right finally our worlds have aligned things are somewhat at peace and I'm like and I have typed up my speech, okay? So like, it's, 
<laughs> I'm not going to mess it up. I'm not going to say something mean by accident. We're ready. And I sit down and I go, when you do this and this, it makes me feel taken for granted. It hurts my feelings. I just, I don't like it. And I don't think it's fair. And then, you know, the other person turns around and goes, do you know what? I'm really glad you brought that up because I've been thinking this and this and this. And have you ever taken a moment to consider X, Y, and Z? And also, do you not realize that this comes from here and here and here? And you're just like, <laughs> and it's like, you've been brewing as the victim for ages. And then mm. someone says something to you and you actually realize that you're a selfish bitch. Yeah. And you, like, you're in your feelings over nothing. In fact, it's your fault. Mm. I will shut down for a week. You won't get it. Nobody's getting nothing out of me. I'm an autopilot. I'm just trying to survive. Mm. I'm done. Because I also hate being the cause of people's pain or mm. being the cause of sadness to my detriment. Like, I have no problem with saying no. But if you tell me that I've hurt your feelings, I will cry mm. even if you kind of deserve it but I'm just, like I hate that and I have been in some situations where I have really thought that someone has done me wrong and then by the time I've come and told them about it and they tell me like you only think that this is hurtful because you perceived yourself as the murder and mm. you've not taken any of my shit into consideration mm. and I've just been like no you're right I haven't Hold on, question, 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 question for this, like, for this I, uh, scenario. Who came to, who came with the problem first? Like, who came and initiated the conversation? Shall I say? I've sat and initiated it with you. So you've sat with me and you've said, this is what you've done and it's hurt my feelings. And then I say, well, I did this as a response to your, okay. Oh. Yeah. And then you're like, or it's like you wouldn't have even taken that as a slight if you'd actually considered that X, Y, and Z has been going on. Mm. And you're like, oh, yeah, shit, no, I forgot to consider that, you know, Mm. things are going on in your world. And you actually did tell me about that. (laughs) So if you're person A and I'm person B, had person B said anything before about how your action had they communicated how your actions had no, potentially I, I often think in those situations they think we're neutral now like this has happened you, you know like I might have done this you responded that way but you were actually kind of a dick and whatever we're done we're neutral I can get on with it we're happy mm-hmm. so like it often tends to be like a, a bit of a I cannot believe that you like person B is like you've had the audacity to bring this up as I'm the one hurting the feelings mm. when I only did that because you did this and this and I was happy to let it go you know what I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that I think as person B I think that as much as yes it has been a response to actions that were done unto me I think it also like I don't necessarily think there's a there's a there's a necessarily an equal victim and perpetrator. I don't think I would say person B is definitely the victim and person A is the perpetrator and I wouldn't say that person A is the victim and person B is the perpetrator. I think it's both equal. I think both are equal in in I think both are justified in how they feel. But I think both did wrong in trying to wait 
for the other to to kind of I don't know this assumption of well I let it go and now you're bringing it up how dare you the audacity because as person B I think it's also my responsibility to have said something for I think it would have been different if person B had said something first and said hey you're doing this thing I don't like it and then when person A doesn't listen, the consequence is, well, I'm going to withdraw myself a little bit just because, you know, I need space and I need time to really think. Yeah, I completely agree. I do think it's like the shock because like by the time I've decided that something, because like you said, it's so much effort to have these conversations. By the time I've decided that something is hurtful enough to talk about it, by that point, I, I have probably convinced myself that I have every right to say what I'm going to say this is a conversation about my feelings and like getting it out and like being validated and like working through that and coming out the other end to go into it and find out that you're also a perpetrator honestly those situations floor me every time like I I have to cancel everything the next day I'm working from home and I'm barely working Mm. like it's such a taxing situation Mm. it's not right because like you know, the right thing to do is for everybody to just like communicate things from the start and like as and when it's happening and you know also giving your friends the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be able to take on board what you have to say because of the relationship you have and the love that you have for each other mm. but I'm not good at the big talk the I'm confrontation not- I don't love it I I also think I have such a like I can be a very angry person. Mm. And I honestly do not remember the last time I had an argument with a friend as an adult. Mm. I'm not even sure. I would go as far as to say it's. I'm not sure it's happened. Mm. But it's because I'm very watchful. Because mm. I know how I can be from romantic relationships. Do you, do you bring it up before it becomes before it boils over into an argument or would you say as soon as kind of like the kettle begins to boil you're immediately like rectify the situation I I think I look at it and I go so bad I go how how big is this how much is this going to keep affecting me Mm. If it's not that big of a deal and it's happening, it's just bobbing along in the background. Like I have, I have certain friends that have particular traits that I actually cannot stand, but mm. I love them. And I, there's also like the duration of a friendship, I think mm-hmm. goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And so I do create particular boundaries. Like I have some friends who are very like, when I want it, how I want it now. And I don't pander into it. I never have. And I won't. Mm. but I know that if we keep if we'll just keep clashing if we're around each other a lot Mm. so it's more of a like every now and then for a a few hours drinks and then we're going to go our separate ways because at that point you're fixing your ways I don't like it I'm not going to change you you know there's you've got plenty of friends who want to be around you all the time so it's clearly working for you so you know good yeah but this is my thing and I can't I have like a I, it's cute it's cute it's cute and now I can't stand it and mm. I exit before we get to that point and I've built that kind of like you know awareness around it um sometimes I will say something and just be like this is 
I need this from you or it is unfair when you ask for this and this and this from me mm-hmm. like you need to step up as well um and then I kind of like I do quite like I disappear and I think I find those situations so taxing and so vulnerable that mm-hmm. I do genuinely like float away for a while and not necessarily in my presence like I will reply and we will talk we'll send TikToks I'll send you instas I'll be the first to like it like you know we'll laugh but it'll be a while before I open myself up Mm. and it's no fault of their own it's just because I do I just find it so like exhausting Mm. um or my favorite matchstick see you later Mm. enjoy your life burn the bridge burn the bridge never again (laughs) done that's Mm. honestly how I'm it's not healthy I don't particularly think it's the healthiest way to go about it um because what is it don't ever address it shut down or just we're done like those Mm. aren't two of the healthiest ways to go about it but they're working for now I guess I'm aware and I'm trying to do something about it but I'm getting better I'm I'm Mm. having conversations and I'm because like I think I sometimes can mellow into resent Mm. and a few times there's definitely been a few times where I've been resentful and didn't need to be Mm -hmm. because if I just communicated it we'd have been fine you'd have got it I'd have got it our brains don't work the same and I think it comes back to like assumptions and expectations like Mm -hmm. you think that your friends because you gel so much because you spend so much time together because you're constantly saying me too Mm. oh you're the same like that Mm. you start to think that you're the same yeah so when they don't do something or they aren't present for you in a particular way for a particular thing you take that as them just not caring Mm. rather than to them that's not a big deal and they're not aware how big of a deal it is for you you. yeah and you've never communicated that Mm. now you just think that your friend isn't there for you Mm. But really, had you taken the time to communicate that, they would have been like, oh, I God, yeah. I didn't consider it from my perspective, yeah. but I see where you're coming from, or I'm willing to learn and see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think if you have good friendships, it, or they don't now have to see that situation the same way. Yeah, They just need to know, oh, when she goes through that, this is a huge deal for her. Yeah. She needs all the space well she needs to me to like check in on her a lot more yeah like we speak twice a week now I'm gonna send you a little message every other day yeah just to check yeah and it doesn't mean that now when if they were to ever go through that they need the same thing to them it could just be like a Tuesday oh that's mm. annoying mm-hmm. um and it's just like that's again communicating expectations communicating mm-hmm. how you feel but I, and I think a lot of us don't communicate not because it's particularly hard to or that we don't want to but more because we just have this assumption that we're all the same Mm. and we're Mm. not but I guess my question is is like where where has that assumption really come from where is the assumption that you know of course they know what I need I don't need to communicate it like where why I I guess I'm kind of answering my own question because it's kind of like the erasure of the importance of communication like we don't emphasize enough that you need to say what you want or say what you need we also all see ourselves as a main character we are the main character like if you watch any tv show 
as the audience, you know what the main character is thinking, how they're going to perceive things the entire time. Mm. And you get shocked when other people in the show don't know what's coming. Because you're like, can you not? They've always been this way. Mm -hmm. And it's because that is how we live our life. It's like when your friend doesn't reply to you and it's a friend that messages you quite quickly all the time, you don't go, something's going on with them. Like, oh, they must be really busy. You go, oh my God, what have I done? Mm. And it's because you're centering yourself even in their life. Mm. When you're wearing something that you've, didn't particularly like you think everyone's staring at you Mm. nobody cares nobody is looking at you like Mm. but it's because we are the main character of our life we can't it's hard to remember that not everybody perceives things the way that we do because we're like well if we went to school together and our families are friends and we both have another sibling and like we've had all these very similar lives and surely and we agree on x y and z surely we're very similar you obviously just know how i feel and what i'm thinking and da 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 because it's hard to remember that others don't because you are the main character it's true it's true you're the main character this is your show the world revolves you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply found you roll the credits nobody cares about anybody else <laughs> yeah you know at, like, to be fair I'm not gonna take credit for that my therapist honestly she has drilled that into me for because a lot of my anxiety comes from like thinking that everybody's like mad at me or staring at me or doesn't like me anymore mm. um stems from nothing mm. nine times out of ten I don't even know someone's having a bad day they 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 were yawning I turned around and I thought they were looking at me funny and now mm. I think like it's it's a learning lesson yeah I think what's it called I think also in saying that just to add to that it's like it's okay when you realize that something wasn't a big deal to your other to the other person but it was a big deal to you or like you had an expectation like it's okay to acknowledge that you feel or that you felt left let down yeah so like for example um Say you're talking to someone, right? Like, t- say you're you're in the talking stage of talking to somebody, um, and you think, "Oh, it's going really well. It's going really well. It's going really well. We just went on a few dates. It's been really good. Communication has been good." And then slowly by slowly, it starts to kind of like fizzle out. And then you kind of confront it to the other person, and you're like, "Actually, um, you know, you we. It's very obvious that like." you know, you're not prioritizing this communication anymore or this kind of like friendship that we're trying to develop or relationship that we're trying to develop. It's you're not prioritizing it anymore as much as you used to before. 
there's like a message maybe every couple of weeks and you're like I cannot I cannot do this anymore and then the other person's like oh yeah I didn't I didn't really realize that's you know it's not a big deal to me but yeah I'm not not necessarily that they're not interested but they're not going to be able to prioritize you the way that you wanted them to like it's okay to be upset when you communicate something and the expectation of how you thought it would go it doesn't go that way as Mm -hmm. long as you acknowledge and that you can accept that the way that they felt and the way that they what's it called the way that they are now currently feeling or how they have responded to the situation doesn't have to match how you thought that they would because I'm very good especially as a writer and especially as somebody that's like trying to write a play as well like I am very good at creating scripts and I am very good at being like oh this guy just went off script are you serious right now are you serious somebody give him his line (laughs) I'm I'm fucking worse than that I agree with you I'm a very like I told you I've I even give you this is how I see I even (laughs) go into it allowing you scenario a b and c Mm -hmm. and now you're gonna do d I don't think so excuse me I gave you your options Mm. and just remembering that people get to do whatever the hell they want and you you can't you know force them into what you think Mm -hmm. the right way should be but Mm. it's it is hard like I get it's the ghetto it really is and like oh my god making new friendships I think is where you see that the most because you know you could you could start a new friendship and like one I I think vulnerability is a really interesting thing to navigate in new friendships because some people jump into it and they're very like, we're going to be best friends. I'm going to tell you about everything going on in my life. Me and my boyfriend argued about this. And, this. and meanwhile, you've literally met them three times. Mm. And then there's other people where like, you couldn't even tell anyone their last name. You, you're not even really sure where they work. But you know, when you go out for a drink, you can talk about your favorite songs and TV shows. And yeah. laugh away. And like, it's just so interesting to navigate and it's weird because unlike romantic relationships you know you're either going into it to have fun mm. or you're gonna go into it like eventually I like this needs to work towards a relationship that needs to be on the table mm. or it's relationships really on the table with friendships it's really hard because it's it's not a and b mm. there's an array of options like mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. and you can't just ask because no one flipping knows no one goes and you just go I'm gonna be your friend mm. now think about all the different types of friendships you have yeah They're so varied yeah you don't know what you're going into until you see the outcome it's true it's true because now that you said that it reminded me of like I remember at uni my um my youth pastor at uni basically said when does small talk end and real talk begin she was like you can't you can't because small talk is like especially especially when you're in social spaces especially because of the context we were in we're at church and we're just talking about different things and she was like you know when did when did this become like a real conversation between us instead of just shallow questions that we are doing to 
you know, appear social? When does that truly happen? Because I feel like small talk is kind of like you're grasping at different straws just to kind of like get to the other side. You're just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Until it ends or until somebody else can kind of like save you from the conversation. Yeah. And I think what's it called? I think you're so right in saying that because I feel like we have different we have different friends for different needs. Yeah, we have different friends for different needs because I think mm. that what's it called? Um And you know what? I find it interesting because society has told us that when it comes to having a partner, they're supposed to fulfill our every need. But yeah. we already know that our friends won't fulfill our every need. Or at least the majority of us, I would say, knows that our friends are not going to fulfill my every need. I know, especially when I went to uni, I would contact different friends for different reasons. If I wanted to go out and do shenanigans, there were these friends. If I wanted to cry in the kitchen with somebody, I knew I would go to another friend. If I wanted to talk about politics and society and the ways of the world, I would go to another friend. If I just needed a friend to sit next to in class, I had that friend. I had different friends for different needs that I that I needed fulfilled and it's interesting that we know that about friendships or like a lot of us know that about friendships and give the room for that in friendships but we don't do that with other types of relationships in our lives. I actually think that it's a learning curve because I do think that at some point some people have viewed their friendships as needing to serve everything Mm. and I think that we've learned that that's what we can do like so like for example if you think about it like if you have grown up very like conservative or religious and your friends have as well like your childhood friends Mm -hmm. you go off and you realize that is not the way you want to live that's now when you first realize that you might need a different group of friends to do a different set of things Mm. but it's something that you learn along the way Mm. whereas with romantic relationships because you're together so much and there's the sharing of interests you now think that just because you went along to like you know like I'll use my relationship as an example Alex loves rugby his family Mm -hmm. have always played rugby he's always played rugby he's now a rugby coach Mm -hmm. I did not know a damn thing about rugby until I met him except for the men that play rugby have very sexy legs that's about all I could contribute to that conversation they got them good thighs good thighs Mm. and it's also like a sport that makes you go oh my god they're really like hurting like they're knocking into each other yeah this is two bits of information I knew Mm. me I love reality tv it is my escape it is the way that I handle life like when life is really 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 rough and stressful I will watch reality TV. Mm-hmm. This is why I literally watch almost every Real Housewives franchise. Alex could not think of something that he hates more. I'm mm. not sure that he could imagine up a way to spend his day that would be worse than just sitting and watching like every new episode of like five different franchises. Mm. I don't also, I don't like the outdoors. It's cold out here in Scotland. So spending my weekend on the side of a pitch for a sport that I don't understand, hard. Mm. But... Because you're in a romantic relationship, you very much think that you have to be there for each other to support everything. And when they're watching this and when they're there, you have to be there and you have to support, you have to support, you have to support. 
if that was just your friend, you would say, I'll meet you after the game and I'll get drinks with you and your friends. And you can mm. tell me how the game went. Yeah. Or you can sit and rant to me about this new episode you watched. But because you're together romantically, you, there is a big expectation to like launch yourself into each other's passions. Mm. And I feel like we very much did that until we realized we hate it. And now I only go to at-home games that are big teams. Mm-hmm. And he will always watch for Housewives Atlanta and one other franchise. I get two and that's it. So like there's a give and take. And I, I think it, it's navigated differently. Mm-hmm. But also with like your friends, I feel like, have you ever had to learn, did you, growing up, did your mom ever tell you not to tell your friends everything? Yes. Mom said this to me all the time. I thought she was crazy. I said, maybe your friends. <laughs> but not as mine. I, not my as girl. Older, as I've grown older, I 100% believe that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what your take is on that. Because I heard it on the receipts like a while ago. Like, don't tell your friends everything. Tolly was talking about it. And she was like, she was like saying how, like Tolly was saying that her mom always told her that. Mm-hmm. And now that she's an adult, she's like, no, my mom was onto something. You do not need to tell your friends everything that happens in your life. You do not need to, you know, call upon the panel mm-hmm. for every single thing. Um... I thought my mom was crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought she must have just had bad friends. Mm. And now I'm an adult. And I actually do think there, there are things in my life that I regret like talking about. Mm. And I'm just like, ah, could have kept that one to ourselves. Mm. Um, I also think that like, your friends are not as forgiving as you are to the people in your life. Like, I had this one friend and I forgave, forgave, forgave. And I explained and I explained and I explained. Mm-hmm. Sally, immediately she was like, no, no, done. Mm. Bin. Get mm-hmm. them in the bin. We're done. Yeah. And I was like, no, but like, you don't know about this. and It's, it's actually okay. And she was like, I don't, get, I don't care. Mm. I do not care. Done. Mm. And then, yeah, now I'm like reflectively yeah yeah she had every right but I do also think that sometimes if you're not going to do something about it you maybe don't need to tell your friends about it because now they're just going to get worked up you're going to get worked up now you can't tell them it's mm. you should just get to yourself mm-hmm. I think when it comes to I think my mom always did tell me the same thing of like if like don't tell your friends everything and I definitely do agree with the sentiment I think I've always just been very cautious of other people but I think mine's is kind of like a not necessarily superstitious but in that same vein of like just be careful to share not to share things too soon because you know you don't want to ruin the opportunity or or whatever and just kind of like but I think as I've gotten older, I've just realized like not everyone needs to know. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just been my mindset. Yeah. It's just like not not everyone needs to know. And also kind of like sometimes I think sometimes I would share things too soon so that when it did happen or when it didn't happen the way that I I thought it would, or the way that I had hyped it up to be, it was like, oh, now I have to tell people oh, it's not gone the way 
that I thought it would go. And yeah. I, I didn't like going back and having those conversations because of like, for me, I I tell people this all the time. I immensely feel disappointment. Like even if it's something like really, really small, like, I don't know, for example, somebody says at work, oh, we're going to order sushi tomorrow. And then they come into work with lunch. And I'm like, but we were supposed to order sushi. Like, why would you do this to me? Why would you yeah. forget? Like that would, that it's like so small, but like I would feel it quite immensely because it's like, I was looking forward to the sushi. No, um, exact same way. I mm. mean, honestly, the exact same way. Like, I, I just take it so rough. Um, at work, especially. Oh my God, I really take it like that at work. Mm. Like being in recruitment, headhunting and thinking, you know, I've sent off seven CVs. It's going to be at least one interview. I'm like, and then they come out and go, no. And I'm like, but I bet all of your needs. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? I'm like, that's it. My week is done. Mm. Like, we're done. And I'm sad. And I'm bad at my job now. And I suck. And like, why, 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 why? And I won't mm. get anything. Like, it's such, it's the start of all my spirals. I really hate disappointment. If anybody ever tells me that they're disappointed in me, we're done. You can tell me you're mad at me. You mm. can tell me that you're like, whatever. But once you say, no, I'm actually very disappointed in you. I, I will cry. Yeah. No, I, I, I 100%. I think the thing that I have been trying to do to manage that is to allow my, is to like, one, allow myself to feel the disappointment, even when it seems like really stupid like I don't know again the sushi thing like it's okay to feel mad in that moment that your colleague bought in a sandwich instead of you getting some sushi together um like it's okay to feel it and to feel like this is so minor and you feel about it so majorly like it's okay to be upset about that I allow myself to feel that however long it is um I'm petty so sometimes it lasts a long time um and then also just kind of like trying to remind myself that, I don't know, relinquishing control. Because I think that sometimes the the disappointment comes from the expectation that everything has to go the way that I planned it in my head and not planning for, and like being okay when the unexpected comes about, even though the unexpected gives me so much anxiety. And I think that's the thing that I'm trying to avoid when I feel the disappointment is now the anxiety of, can I can I trust you? Can and it's like it's okay. Don't worry. This it's, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. She bought a sandwich. It's fine. There's a subway across the street. There's a canteen. Go like it's fine. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Like you can have sushi another day. There is there is still sushi in the world. <laughs> We're just not having it today. Like yeah. don't worry about it. It's crazy. You go have and have sushi for dinner. Like mm-hmm. yeah. It's like reminding myself of these little things, but I think it's 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 hard. But I think going back to the the idea of um like telling your friends everything, I think I learned that. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I learned that I've always been like that, but I definitely learned that lesson in in year eight when I decided not to tell my group of friends that I liked a certain boy, even though they kept saying, Sarah, you definitely like this boy. And when I look back, it was very obvious that everybody knew that I liked this one boy. But 
I denied, denied, denied because I was like, I am not going to let you guys know. And I purposely did not let them know, not necessarily because I was in denial or that I was ashamed of my feelings towards this person, even though my friends constantly made fun of this guy constantly because they were like ill why would Sarah like this guy ill he's this <laughs> ill he's that and I was like but he's so sweet but I said that in my head I did not tell them because somebody else in our friendship group also liked him too I feel like I know who this person is and I said I'm gonna step back I'm not gonna admit feelings even though I'm talking to him on Emerson every night <laughs> I, I was like hey <laughs> I was like I'm not gonna say anything because I was like I don't want to because I I was like there's nothing to say that was genuinely my my what's it called my standpoint was like there is nothing really to say there is nothing that you will get from me admitting that yes I do like this person and also I don't want to ruin a friendship with this person based on kind of futile feelings or like like unsure feelings about somebody else I think if it went further it never did then like I would have said something but I didn't need to this is your I'm not gonna say anything until there's something to say like you need the outcome yes yes you say anything yes that is what that is immediately I we we definitely would have clashed more on this because I, on the vein of like entitlement that was being about earlier, I also think I felt very entitled to people's information. Mm. Like, how can you be my friend and not have told me? How mm. do I not know? What do you mean you've just finished getting over X, Y, and Z? I didn't even know that you were in it. Mm. And that used to really hurt me and I used to really like take that as like well then I'm not your friend like we're not or maybe like well then we're not as close as I thought we were mm. meanwhile I could be your very best friend in the whole world I could know the most about you out of all of your friendships and you could just be the type of person to not talk about it until it's done but I definitely used to take things that way like mm. I because I think I very again main character energy very like if I do then everybody else does yeah would you know you have your ranking of friends and like I would maybe tell two people pretty much everything all the time or like three people whatever and then the people I didn't tell those things we were just like more acquaintances or we were friends in like a lighter sense yeah so then to me if you weren't telling me everything I was like oh so okay we're not actually like as close as I thought we were then yeah yeah but your friends are entitled to secrets they're entitled to private thoughts they're entitled to journey through situations and parts of their life that you do not ever need to be part of or Mm -hmm. get to be told later Mm -hmm. like and that's a big lesson I've learned as an adult navigating through friendships yeah I think yeah I think it's hard though especially when you learn something about your friend that you're like especially when you were kind of like privy and in the background it's like oh but I was with you during that time and you never told me why because I could have helped you and all these different things like I think it kind of 
it does again going back to the you're entitled to feel that kind of that disappointment that sadness also questioning your friendship like you're entitled to feel that but at the end of the day you need to understand that you are not entitled and as you said your friends have the right to keep secrets and to have their privacy you are not owed that and yeah. I think sometimes it, it it hurts you, especially when you hurt, learn that like your friend was going through something or was in uh, or something sad or traumatic and you were kind of in the background. It's sad to realize that. But at the end of the day, you've got to respect their privacy and respect that they want to keep this a secret. And that's OK. Yeah. But it ain't <sighs> it's so hard. And I have like one friend who I love so much. But honestly, everything is after the fact. Mm. It's always, oh, I'm so glad I'm over this because like we were arguing about this and this and this, but we fixed it and this is how it went. And now we're all good. And I'm like, huh? Mm. Uh, okay. Mm. And, and then I have another friend in the same friendship group who is like literally live newscaster. And I think this <laughs> and this is happening and this is why I've been feeling this way. And then they said this, they just news just in they just said this news just in they text back okay and this this is how i'm feeling yeah and so like it's it's interesting because i don't value either friendship more than the other i don't think that i sit at different spaces with either one of them i just think they're very different people and they navigate things very differently but this is adult esther talking because honestly teenage Esther would be like well she's clearly my best friend and she's not Mm. like it just takes time and I think I think you know what's really sad when you get older and your friends like partners become their best friend and so then you know that they're talking about their feelings all the time because now they're talking to like their partner about it and it's always well you know I told Justin and Justin was saying and now I feel a lot better and it's like but but he used to come to me but me Carla okay Mm. and like I'm guilty of it like I do it you know like three years in yeah Mm. like it makes sense Mm -hmm. but that's also a big curve Mm. because when your friends get into relationships and watch and like you don't want your friends being bad like ultimately the best relationships are the ones where your partner's your best friend but like I'm your best friend too so tell me call me call Mm. me call me first yeah okay yeah a little buzz give me a little voice note okay just give me keep me saying because really me yeah i am the you only might one have kids with them you could even get mac you could take a bow to god with them mm. but me i am your best friend me it's me we are best friends we're best friends at the end I... of the day i'm your person i literally can tell i'm watching grace i am your person <laughs> but yeah mm. it's it like is... hard to navigate that it's it is hard to to navigate it especially because like I'm not gonna lie I don't really think I've really gotten along with many of my friends partners mostly because to me they're irrelevant I'm so I Esther I'm sorry but irrelevant irrelevant like no I I always find it interesting especially when I listen to the receipts and people are talking about like 
oh my friend has this man and now like my friend got with this guy and now like we all became friends and then they broke up but I'm still friends with her ex I find that weird because no. for me my uh, loyalty it's... is to my girl or whoever my friend is or even if it's my guy friend and now I get along with his girlfriend absolutely I'm so sorry babe love you bye I, I wish you well I wish you well I was but... really about to be hyping you and then I then I realized I'm still friends with my ex's cousin but the reason I think it's okay is because she's not blood cousin. She's like married into the family cousin. Mm-hmm. Like when we met, we were both like the POC girlfriends coming into this family. Yeah. And so we vibed mm-hmm. and we were also like similar ages. And then obviously I left and she got married. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we, we're not like friends, friends, but we still like reply to each other's Instagrams, have quick yeah. catch up. Ever. let me tell you when we broke up she was like I can't even believe you were there to begin with and furthermore I can't believe how long you lasted and lastly we all collectively are shook that you were there ever and I'm like and that's probably why we're fine no but I think okay I feel like that's different yeah I'm talking about like what's it called with with like you included if you are with somebody even if I've met them, even if I'm like, okay, we have a good vibe, yeah. like they're a great person, I really like them. Like for me, my friends' partners are always kept at a distance. That doesn't necessarily mean that like I'm not going to be their friend, that I wouldn't like them uh, or that I wouldn't be like friendly and cordial with them. That's just saying if shit hit the fan, my loyalty is with my friend. I think that's the only kind of like girl code rule that like I follow um oh interesting i think okay. i'm a good rule kind of girl i'm gonna lie but i do agree with your point i do think but the thing is i don't mind like i can befriend people all i want we can kiki we can have conversations outside of each other blah blah blah, blah. but if it ends we're no longer friends no mm. matter how close we were before like, I get on with some of my partner's friends and I message them back on Instagram. Like, I've been to their weddings. If we broke up and their friend then put up a story, I'm no longer going to reply to that. Mm. We're not going to have a conversation. I will put up that boundary and I actually expect them to put up that boundary as well. Mm. Like, I'm so, like, everybody go to the respective corners. Mm. But I'm able to have that mindset because one thing about me I don't shit where I eat. I mm. do not date in the same pools. If we broke up, I could never see you again. Mm. And that's the way I like to live my life. Mm. It's like a it's a it's a sim it's a simplified degree of separation. Yeah, like I need that. Mm. So it's really easy for me to like live that. So like I would never because I think where like it's really tricky is when you date within your friendship group mm. or like your circle. Mm. or you have mutual peoples yeah like you have mutual that's hard to navigate that's really hard to navigate because you technically have loyalties to both people Mm. because you met like you've known them for the same amount of time you have a very close friendship to both of them like never could never be me Mm. honestly depending on who it is i could just cut both of y'all off Mm. and then clean slate we're done cordial with the both of you we're not really that good friends going back to what you said with your you said your ex's cousin yeah I think why I said that was different was because 
what's it called like that's more concerning with you and the relationship that you had with your ex rather than like your friends and their exes yeah so I'm sure I've ever no I've never stayed friends with any of my friends exes ever and I've really got along with some of them and that that was my point that was my point my flatmate had a partner at the same time I had a partner and we'd yeah. all four have like breakfast together in the kitchen. And yeah. Blah. And when they broke up, I could see you on campus. Mm. I don't even know if I smiled. I'm, I nod of, yeah, I see you. Okay. Yeah. And keep it moving. No yeah. matter how it's gone. I know that my partner at the time found that really difficult because he was like, but we're, but I still like him. I'm like, I do not care. I we are care. all done. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. We're moving on out. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I might be controversial with with asking this question, but do you believe that exes can stay friends? You can plead oh. the fifth. You Woo! can plead the fifth if you would like to. Um, I think it's one of those things that only occur in the abstract. Excellent. Like, on paper, yes. Mm-hmm. The way it pans out in reality, no. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Not with the complexities of, like, human emotions, human behavior. Because, like, there there are many factors to making something inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And infidelity, like, I think we often perceive it as the be-all and end-all, and it's not. There are a lot of steps. <laughs> all right, Ivy. Ivy, there say your piece, steps- girl. Say your piece, Ivy. She's like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, there are lots of inappropriate steps that you can have with an ex before it's like something to end things over. And I do think a lot of behaviors that occur in those dynamics are inappropriate. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it stems from familiarity. It mm-hmm. stems from comfort. And it's like, like, for example, say I was still friends with my ex mm-hmm. and I was having a particularly bad day. And it was like, my manager said something that really triggered something. I might go and tell my ex about that and vent to them because they've known me at a time where whatever initially gave me this hurt feeling about those words or that behavior developed. So it's like a shortcut. Like I don't need to explain why that was so hurtful. I'm like, this happened to me. Like, yeah, I can imagine how you feel. There is nothing inherently wrong with that because that's how I would behave with you. Like, you know, that's how you talk to friends. Mm. But I think because of that familiarity, because of that bond, Mm. you will continue to go to them more for certain things and Mm. not feed and give your current relationship the energy it deserves. Mm. And I think that's how you start to go, well, this is where I do my everyday and we have, you know if you do have sex this is where we do that and this is that kind of dynamic mm. but then like my deep really big hurtful things that I've already journeyed through with someone else I'm just gonna go here because it's easier mm-hmm. or like or you just mess up like one day you have a really big argument with your current partner and you're like well this is here and this is easy and I know what that's like mm. and they're being super nice to me mm-hmm. like I just think it opens up this it's like the, it's like a numbers game mm. like Yes, something can go wrong here, but there is a one in five. But yeah. over here, it's a four in five. Okay, mm. it might not be wrong, it might not be great, but boy, oh boy, are you opening yourself up to a very high chance of something? Yeah. And so, no, 
it's not a bit of me and it's not because I believe that it can't happen and it's not that I believe that it's inherently wrong or that I think that you're definitely gonna like cheat on me or that you're still in love with them these are factors though it could these could be things yeah but I'm gonna find out mm. because your ex is for a reason and leave it that way and maybe that's toxic maybe but I think there's enough logic and reason in that to make it okay. Mm. And maybe that's my toxic trait. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know. It's just not for me. Mm. I'm lucky in that <laughs> me and my current partner had a horrible breakups. Mm. So there'll be none of that. There's none of the... He does believe that you can be friends with your ex, though. Mm. Like, he does believe that you can, like, hook up with someone and kind of go, oh, that was a good night. But we're just better off as friends. And then yeah. you can generally just, like, be friends. Yeah. Me, I don't think so. That's, we're not doing that. Mm. That's not happening. But he seems to think it's, like, I mean, he goes along with it because I'm absolutely, like, this is a boundary for me. Mm. But he seems to think so. Mm. Do you think so? I will say that what my therapist said to me, there needs to be a degree of separation. That's what I believe and that's what I feel like has worked for me. And then you will be able to see and establish more whether you truly can be friends outside of that relationship or whether the friendship that you had with your partner was a condition of the relationship. And either or, it is still going to be hard. It's still going to be sticky and messy because of, I don't know, just everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how people do it. Like, I think no matter how, I just think it's really blurry. Like, can you... I'm just thinking of that situation where like two couples like the guy and the girl dated they've broken up they've all stayed friends now you're around your ex and their current partner and he does something and you go well actually no he really likes it like this oh like the overstepping yeah there needs to be clearer boundaries like as someone who's never dated that person never slept with that person who's just their friends but happens to be the opposite sex saying the same thing he'd be like all right okay why why don't you tell me like mm. it changes everything everything and I just think it makes things more difficult than it's worth a friendship mm. that's just my take but mm. that brings me on to a very interesting question do you think that people can be friends with the opposite sex and it be genuinely pl- platonic I think the way that we grew up the answer was for a very long time no because of this whole red blue no purple youth culture you can't be friends oh what are you doing with him you guys friends now oh do you like him you have a crush with your youth leaders thinking that every time you looked at a man or even sneezed and he said bless you that all of a sudden you guys were trying to do hanky pankies and tents um me up because there's a lot of people i thought i liked but i didn't it's just everyone kept telling me that I liked them at church. And I was mm. like, do I? Oh, do do I just not even know when I like someone? Oh, maybe See, I, do. I think especially given, like for me, especially the context that I was raised in has been mostly, like my family has been mostly like female dominated. Like we're all women. So like, I think the people, the men that I was like interacting with a lot more were like my uncles or my dad or like my cousins that were older than me 
my male cousins were either in Kenya or weren't I didn't interact with them on a daily basis in comparison to other family that I was around and lived closer to in proximity so I found it very hard to navigate like like uh male female relationships uh, friendships platonically because I just felt like oh my god like I just I didn't I I felt like when they gave me attention it was because I was only ever supposed to see it as romantic it was only ever perceived as romantic until I went to actually that's a lie because even at university I remember one of my first like male friends that I made I and I initiated I what's it called I initiated that friendship under this pretense that like it was going it was romantic so like every time like something happened or he would do something nice I was like oh my god he's so in love with me like he's just so in love with me and I felt like I was constantly leading leading him on I think I have and I was actually telling I was actually telling my friends this the other day I have had two really really great male friendships in my life really really great one person I love to this day to this day and the thing is is that like I love and value the friendship that we have so much I love that friendship so much and I think that I value it and I I think when that friendship started, because it also happened within a religious context, yeah, people were like, oh my God, like, are you, you guys are similar in age. You both love Jesus. Hmm. Why not, guys? Why not? And it was like, oh. no, 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 no. And I think that the second friendship that I had also happened within a religious context, but it was 10 times worse because people were constantly saying it to our faces. Oh my God, you guys love each other. Oh my God, you guys need to get together. It's so obvious that you guys have a crush on each other. And basically the rumors were so, so bad. It complete, like I basically drew back from that friendship. And this was also around the time that I was starting a relationship with my then partner, my then boyfriend. So I was very much trying to be like boundaries, clear, definitely nothing going on so that I could be able to facilitate more of a romantic relationship with somebody else. And I, to this day, I'm not even going to lie. I'm mad at myself for doing that because this was a friendship that for me, was it was I knew where it was I knew where he was at I and it was like why did I allow other people to dictate something that we both knew was never going anywhere else other than just in this platonic friendship just because people just because of this whole religious context of men and women can't be I feel like Christianity or at least the way that modern Christianity has made it seem is very much men and women cannot be friends and you cannot tell me otherwise because why are we doing this side hug thing room for holy spirit sexualizing (laughs) each other thing boy we are friends yeah i obviously have had a very when i say obviously but like because i have a twin brother i've had a different experience Mm -hmm. because a lot of like the people in our year like i'd come home the boys would be there like Mm -hmm. So I, and I actually have mainly have male cousins my age. Mm. Um, and mainly, if not all, male family, friends, family, like really like family here are men. So 
I really understood what people were losing out on, which made me the slut of the church. But it was just like, I can't be in the church, be at school, pretend that I don't know you, then go home and you're playing the PlayStation in my house. Mm. And then we're all going to kiki together and have like, if you drink Diet Coke, we were t- children. But like, <laughs> you know, like have a bit of schlur, like, and just, do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. weird. You're in my house. You're mm-hmm. my brother's best friend. And you're my age. Mm-hmm. I sit next to you in mass. Like, of course we're going to talk. Um, And I feel like my mum also has seven brothers. Mm-hmm. So... I actually didn't get much aggro from her. I mean, I got aggro in that she was like, you're obviously doing something to create rumors. And I was like, no, I'm just there. Mm-hmm. and have breast and they don't. And mm-hmm. this is why we're here. Mm-hmm. And she kind of couldn't get her head around that. Um, but I hate the way that the church does things because it means that people, it also limits how you can function in your romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. if you're not able to have a platonic relationship with someone of the opposite sex mm-hmm. and I say that because I think the longer you're with someone like say you look at it in the way that the church tells you that this is your person once you marry them it's about to God that's you forever right you cannot scientifically keep up that like oh passion loss ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. like you can't do that because mm-hmm. a fun fact one of my favorite facts that I learned was that when you're in that intense type of love your cortisol levels are really high you are constantly releasing stress hormones you are releasing adrenaline as well you know every time you release adrenaline in your body you like damage your um, muscles in your body a little bit so if you were to live in that intense state of love and passion your whole life you would drop your life expectancy in half you just (laughs) do that for the sake of survival we have to move into companionship. Um, like you cannot, and also the way that capitalism is set up, you cannot work the amount of hours that we are told to work and maintain. Cause like, think about those first stages when you are in love. Mm. You are not, you're not eating right. You're not talking to nobody. You're barely sleeping. Your butterflies are going. You are not, you're at work and you are not at work. You're at school and you are not at school. Like you are putting in poor quality bare minimum, right? You can't live your life that way. That's true. And to survive in companionship, especially in that first transition, you have to know what it is to have a friendship with someone who needs friendship differently than you, than like you have with your female friends. Yeah. Because let me tell you something, as much as someone can be the love of your life to play on stereotypes, sometimes they don't give a damn about some of the shit you're feeling that is why you have your female friends because you know what they're going to get it and they're going to know and that's where you take that energy Mm -hmm. you need to know how to maneuver different friendships you need to maneuver friendship with different sexes friendship with people with different cultures because obviously sex stereotypes can differ with cultures as well and just straight up what's expected and what's normal and what's abnormal differentiates with cultures as well Mm -hmm. so like the way that we are raised is to our detriment for the relationships they even want us to have long-term. And you cannot operate in the real world thinking that every time someone looks at you and gives you a bit attention, talks to you a bit longer, it's because they want to get in your pants. Mm. Like, it's just not 
good for anybody. Do you know how much I have learned to not take as a slight? Because like when you're going through a hard time with a guy and you sit with your friends, you're all like, what does this mean? What does that mean? What does this mean? I sit down with like one of my guy friends, like one in particular, and he always gives it to me straight. He's always like, he's either like, that's weird. I don't know what that's about. Um, he can answer that for you. Just go, mate, what's going on? Don't make it some big, I need to have a conversation. Let's book in a meeting on Tuesday and like talk this out. Like, <laughs> just go, what? Yeah. Or he's like, oh, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. Me and my friends, we could have been, we could have had a panel and we could have been talking for five days and we would never have got there. Mm. Never. We would never mm-hmm. have got yeah and you need these different perspectives it's and true. like see what you, men also operate in this world differently when it comes to like work like privilege patriarchy all of that sometimes I talk to them about a problem about work and I'm like I'm just gonna go in there oh, I'm just gonna say it because now I'm one of you I I'm a man and I know how to deal with this because mm-hmm. this is what they would do yeah and it just it's different whereas women might be a bit more because we have similar experiences yeah be like okay well just like write a note send an email to HR and just you know go down this stream of things and it is different and nobody's right or wrong it's just Mm -hmm. a different perspective and I think that we were placed on this earth to communicate with different people and to have as many different perspectives as possible Mm. and it is not very shepherdly of us to separate who we help who we're there for Mm -hmm. and who we'll communicate with simply mm. because they're a different sex yeah like it makes no sense it also means that you fall for the per- first person that gives you any form of romantic attention mm-hmm. rather than the person that's meant for you mm-hmm. and as much as we are definitely the main character of my of our lives and I definitely do want to advocate for that even though we've kind of been like talking about like stop pretending like you're the main character because yes the guy in Starbucks that said my name and was like, have a good day, definitely was in love with me. Because Obviously. why would you give me my coffee and then tell me to have a good day? Of course, you're in and love with name, me. Right? And spell my name with the H. Hey, and that's love. A- that's love. You love yeah. me. We're going to get married. Um, But as much as, as much as, yes, like, yeah as much as like yeah I'm gonna advocate like yeah think that you're amazing and kind of be in that state of delusion don't lessen the importance of the voices of the perspective and the perspectives of the numerous different people in your life whether it's your male or female friend or your friend of the opposite um sex or a different gender to you whether it be somebody from a different culture to you whether it's a long time friend whether it's a short time friend because it doesn't matter how long you have known somebody for like it's about the quality of the friendship that you have I also just kind of think like yeah don't don't take for granted I think the last thing that I really want to say because we've probably been talking for like maybe two hours I'm not even gonna lie as per as per yeah we have been talking for nearly two hours oh my god um I think that the the closing thing that I would want to say is like don't neglect the importances of your friendships even as they continue to shift and change as you go into adulthood I think that something that 
I always talk about this moment because of how simple and how beautiful it was for me. But like, I remember as I was going through the breakup, sitting in my friend's house with two of my, like my closest friends, we just sat in silence watching a terrible, terrible, it was such a bad film. We were watching such a terrible film and we sat there and we ate brunch together. And I remember being brought to tears by the sheer silence as we watched this terrible film and ate brunch that we had made together. And I literally had never felt so overwhelmed by love. And I felt like it was so weird because I was like, I've just lost love. I've, I am still going for a breakup and yet I've never felt so overwhelmed with love. And that is because of the importance of friendships. They are just as important as romantic relationships, as familial relationships, because yeah, at the end of the day, it is from the foundation of, of love and respect. (laughs) Ivy is literally like, can you guys, can you hurry up? But yeah, I walk my dinner. (laughs) but yeah that's that's my that would be like my closing thing what would you say what is your take on every we have talked about so many different things we're supposed yeah, to talk I about mean, one thing and we talked about like seven we're like well I mean that's very on brand for us like we it's stay on the path but to say what you said as well like I think in experiencing a breakup one of the first times I felt big heartbreak like really big heartbreak my sister bless her she must have been like 13 mm-hmm. honestly I think I've scarred her from ever wanting a romantic relationship but I could not sleep I could not eat I was in this like days of just there I was like a shell of myself and she would like bring me a handful of nuts um an orange and top up my water and she wouldn't say anything and she would lie next to me as I watched I don't know what I was watching, but it was a sad roller coaster of a show mm. from like the very first episode or like really sad movies. And like sometimes like silent tears would just go down my face. And she would just pat them and she wouldn't say anything. And we just lay there together. And I did that for like a week and speak or do anything for like a week. And then the second time I felt big heartbreak, I was in halls until my friends came around and they did the same thing. They were just, it was like my flatmate and my friend. And they would just show up every day and put some sort of snack on the table, some water. They would just lie next, they'd just get into bed and lie next to me as I watched something on TV and they would leave when I need to leave. We didn't speak, we didn't do anything, but there's always a snack, there's always water if I ever wanted it. Mm-hmm. And it made me go, oh my God, friendship is sisterhood. Like this is literally sisterhood. Like, oh. but like, it just reminds me of the study of like, women die happier than men because we value friendships very differently and, mm-hmm. and much more intentionally. And it's very rare for a woman to die alone because where she doesn't have family, she has friendships. Mm. And that's why like their life is prolonged as well because outside of romantic relationship, they have a community and they have a sisterhood of, of just other people around them and other friendships around them that keep them going beyond losses and things like that. And so for me, I think it's, it's like very much remembering that you have to give space. You are the main character, but you're not the only main character. Ooh. Like, it's a cast. It's a cast and everybody's important, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And at some point you're going to need to be someone's like, 
assistant character you're you're like the backup you're propping them up because then they're going to prop you up in the next season when it's your turn to have the main storyline like that is what it's all about communicate better we sorry we don't know how to help you with that we just know it's important to just communicate better (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what that really looks like but it's something i know that we all need to work on um and i guess lastly grace just having grace and I think that's like the thing that ties everything together is nuance and grace Mm. like be patient be respectful be understanding sometimes you're not going to be the priority and next season you're you're the main storyline you get every bit of my attention babe Mm. every bit of it okay baby you matter every moment and even when I'm not replying to you straight away or I've had to cancel on you for the seventh time I still love you and you're still a great friend Mm. and cut the toxic people out I don't know how to navigate friendship breakups couldn't tell you don't know a healthy way about it but when it needs to happen do it mm. and the people and let the people say amen amen well <laughs> that is officially the this episode this interview this episode just in general is officially the longest episode that I have ever done wow um what a record what a record um anyway as we do this outro okay what have I learned from this episode all right what I have learned from this episode you know what's actually interesting um what's interesting about this conversation is that while we were recording this I was in the midst of two rough patches with two different friends and I can already hear in my voice the impending anxiety and I can recall the anxious thoughts because these two separate situations were running present in my mind. I think what made me very anxious about this was because I was worried about coming across as the villain. Um, But as Beyonce said in Heated and as, you know, we also say in this episode, there's a whole lot of playing victim and the villain at the same time. And I think that's what I'm learning, that should I come to a friend with a problem, I cannot always depend on playing the the victim. Um, and that, you know, these are not binary terms, like this is a spectrum and you can be both. You can be both simultaneously. You can be both the villain and the victim. You can feel that you have been wronged while also doing wrong. Um, I think that's just the nature of humans is that we're imperfect and we're flawed and none of us have this whole thing right. I think talking about this with with Esther specifically allowed me to figure out that friendships are so important. Well, I guess not figure out, I would say to kind of like re-remember or to like reinforce, that would be a better word, um, to reinforce the, you know, the importance of friendships. And often within friendships, as Bell Hooks once said, we take friendships for granted and treat them as secondary. But I've learnt in my early adulthood that friendships are equally important as are are just as important as our like family and romantic relationships. And that our friendships deserve the same tender care, sensitivity and support. They are our chosen family. I've been lucky enough to have people like Esther in my life for years. And what I've learned from this episode is to be active in these friendships, 
to build and not coast um, just because the friendship and the relationship has already been established. I have to choose to love them. I have to wake up every day and choose to love my friends and communicate with my friends and be there for my friends. And I'm saying that while knowing that I am busy with, you know, the the events and conditions of life and the responsibilities that I have of life, but also knowing that there are several people on my list that I need to see. And I hope that probably not by the time that you've listened to this, sorry friends, um, but I hope that I can at least schedule in my diary and be like, you are a priority. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care where I am. I don't care what thing needs to be done. I am scheduling this time specifically for you. You are not a secondary thought. You are a primary priority to me. I hope I can, I hope I can do that. I hope I can be that. That's going to be a goal for me. And I hope that when I listen to this again, that I can, that I can affirm that this is something that I want to do and continue doing because for me, my friends are so important. Anyway, this outro has been so flipping long. Um, That has become a pattern in these episodes. I just seem to be singing all the time. This just shows how comfortable I feel around you because my my weird side is coming out. Um, But who is your best friend? Shout out your best friend. Shout out your best friend. Um, And you can let me know by following Miss Educate on social media. The information will be in the description box below. Additionally, so will the Miss Educate blog where you can now listen to these episodes along with a few additional notes from yours truly. And while you're there, don't forget to add your email to the subscription list so that you don't miss out on new posts. Lastly, continue to watch, read, listen, educate, and then re-educate yourselves. Make sure to rate, review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this podcast with a friend. Thank you again so much, Esther, for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it with all your insight and everything that you've given. And I cannot wait to see you again at Christmas. And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miseducate podcast. Bye! Go hug a friend. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.